Okay, guys, we are live. Welcome to Tone Talk with Mark Uzanski and Dave Friedman. And we have a special guest tonight, uh, Phil McKnight from Know Your Gear. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm good. good. Yep. Cool, cool. Phil, it was good seeing you at at Summer NAMM. Yeah, right? I I enjoyed it a lot. It was my first one there at Summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm in Arizona. I'm in Phoenix. Oh. So it was 115 when I left. Yeah, but, but it's a dry heat. <laughs> oh, but it's a dry heat. Yes. <laughs> that's what they all say, right? It's yes. a dry heat. Yeah. Yes. So that's that's funny. Well, thanks for uh, for joining us. And Dave, it was great seeing you with the show also. Thanks for uh, letting me, uh, you know, pick a couple spots and sit at the booth there and hang out with you. Yeah. I wish I could have traveled around with you more, but that wasn't in the, uh, I guess that wasn't in the cards. Unfortunately. Yeah. You were tied to the booth. You were working. Every time I saw you, you were, you were, it's like, it's like not only were you talking to people, you had a line of people to talk to you. That's why I just, every time I went by the booth, I'm like, I'm just going to keep going. The line was just, you know, cause everybody was just, you were just working. Well, it was just the two of us, too, doing the booth. Normally, you know, like in L.A. and stuff, we have more people um, that can mind, mind the booth a little bit while I can talk to people. But uh, that wasn't really the case. So that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I felt actually it was funny because I, I, after, you know, I thought about this after I left, actually, which was like, well, I, you know, I wonder if Dave just wanted me to hang around the booth and give you a chance to walk around, but I would have no. not, you know, uh, I was like, no, I could I not. You. Okay. Because yeah, I, I felt you. bad. I'm like, yeah, no, you know. no, 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 no. I told you, I go, go do some Facebook lives yourself. You just go around, you know, because I'm not, it doesn't look like I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that's definitely what, what happened. So, yeah. but you know, it's good. There was a lot more traffic on Saturday than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, Saturday was really busy, actually. Yeah, but it, I, public day though, isn't it? Yeah, they were they it were selling public. tickets to public, and uh, I didn't pay attention. So when I was walking around at three o'clock, and they're like, "We're closing in an hour," I'm like, "They closed early." I didn't. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, guess, ten yeah. to four. Yeah, yeah, we 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 were happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by the by the third day, and you know, you're everything hurts and uh you don't want to talk to anyone anymore really and uh you know mm-hmm. it's even worse <laughs> in anaheim but um yeah you're just like going wow four o'clock great <laughs> let's get out of here yeah, time time but, we're ready but to roll not really because then we have to sit there and wait for our pallets of of, of boxes to come out which and how long did that take which that was fun. Um, you know, uh, the first, uh, we had five pallets and four of them came out, um, relatively quickly, uh, like within an hour or so, hour and a half, but then After the fifth, the show. so around but that then, now, like five thirty. Yeah. But then the fifth one didn't come out for yet another hour or more. Um, and we needed the fifth one to finish. So we were just all like, uh, Really? <laughs> That's crazy. It was on a different truck or something because it went in after some of our other pallets. And so, so, and so we waited. Now yeah. the heads were, the heads were in that road case. So did you guys yeah. just 
lock that, you know, pack that road case up as is. Go and yeah, go. Yeah, the road, the road case just uh, packed up and went on the pallet. That was the easy part of our side of the the thing, but you know, we didn't have that much to pack up. Uh, except so you're all about. Yeah, the, the boutique amp stuff as well, right? You had to pack that all that up too as well. Yeah, I mean, well, we had other people there. I mean, you know, it was like Wampler was doing his area, and you know, the other guys were doing the middle one. Dave and I were mostly taking care of our the Friedman section and all the guitars. But yeah, you know, true. there was eight guitars to pack up or something, and, um, or nine, and uh, and then. All the amps, the rest of the amps and cabinets and four by twelves and all that stuff. So I'll tell you the first thing for me going there. Now, Dave, you know you knew going in, and Phil, I think I don't think you knew going in, or maybe you did. Um, was this the size of the show compared to Winter Nam? And for me, I, I had only seen Winter Nam, so I had expected this massive. Even when we walked into the uh, convention center, I was like, oh, cool. This is, you know, this is similar to what I was expecting. And, uh, and then we get to the floor. And I'm like, okay, where's, where's the second floor? And they're like, no, this is it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? Really? There's, no, there's, not, there's not a second floor or a third floor, or, you know? And they were like, no, no, this is it. So I was like already done by like the first day for the most part. And you well, said the same thing, Phil. You know, you know though, but, when you really think about it, though, if you take out – uh, you know, DJ stuff and recording equipment, uh, which because there wasn't hardly any recording equipment or anything at this show. That's if you, true. If you take out your DJ equipment, your recording equipment, your large PA equipment vendors, you take out some of the frivolous saxophone vendors and things, and 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 you know, you're not you're left with probably a hall, maybe at LA a hall and a half or something worth of guitar stuff. Plus, plus all the uh, Chinese import companies. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't a lot come, of those. Yeah. They don't yeah. come, yeah. Yeah, that whole bottom floor is almost all Chinese, you know, uh, import companies. And uh, a, few, a few cool things, but not that many. Um, so you can eliminate, you know, hall A completely pretty much. You can eliminate the bottom hall pretty much. The drum hall, except for the guitar vendors. Mm-hmm. Um. But for me, you know, it was really different about it. So I've been to 13 of the winter ones, NAMM uh-huh. shows. And this is my first summer NAMM. Mm-hmm. And I always heard it was smaller. So, but then I heard it was more intimate. So I, I decided to go. But what I, was, uh, what I was not shocked, but what I didn't expect was the production is smaller. So like your, your booth, everybody's booth mm-hmm. is physically smaller, not only in what's available, we, you know, right, but in the production, you know, it's not as most, it's not all like over the top with cool walls and lighting and all that stuff, right? It's yeah, more no, streamlined. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that adds, which I don't know if that's worse or better. It's kind of like uh, the analogy I made to my buddy was, it's kind of like when you go to a really big zoo, they have the same amount of animals. You're just walking twice as much to go to bigger cages. Yeah, you know yeah, that's I mean? yeah, <laughs> right? true. That's very true. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so it was kind of fun to be able to see it. It, more in succession, just one booth after another and actually see the stuff versus have that production, right. which is the wow yeah. factor, but it really doesn't have any relevance to the gear. It just has right. the relevance to the, you know, the, wow, that's a cool booth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, so in I, that I, case, it's, you know, like a small, it's like going to a small little restaurant instead of a, you know, com- big commercial one, you know? Yes. Chances are you're going to get better food. <laughs> <laughs> 
right? Yes. The smaller places usually have better food. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I was I was impressed. I was impressed with the show. I thought it was, you know, from a guitar perspective, there was a lot of great stuff there. Um, it had a lot of, you know, big name people. Uh, it was definitely more in terms of artists. It was it was more slanted towards the, uh, the you know, country music kind of slant of guys who were there, which is cool. Uh, I thought it was I saw Brent Mason. Yeah. Uh, Guthrie Trap. Um, Johnny Highland. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were all hanging out. Um, what, but you know, so when I was standing with, you know, Rob Welch. Yeah. From, yeah. So he used to be with Guitar Center and now he's with, uh, EHS America, or I forget what, what company he's with, but Mapex and everything. Um, we saw Rick Derringer walk by, Mm -hmm. which was pretty, which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it was fun. I had a good time. I had a good time. And I know I, I have my picks of products that I thought were pretty good. Um, but Phil, I saw you, you did a video earlier that you released, you know, your 10 kind of products that you were, well, you know, that right. you thought were the highlights of the show. When I go to the NAMM shows now, when I do the videos, cause I think the Tone King does great, like booth videos going to mm-hmm. the booths. I think he does that really well. And so all I want to do is I started this idea where when I go to the NAMM show, NAMM show, I want to look at it like a fashion show, you know, what's coming. You know, right? Um, what's the new trends? What are new colors? What are new things? Like, why are the manufacturers gravitating towards something, right? Um, so I started that at this in the winter NAM. Um, so I did another video like that about this NAM. Just what what was new and what was being released uh, that was new, right? Um, because the summer NAM doesn't have a whole lot of new product get released. You know, yeah, generally not. That's true. Yeah, That's our true. industry. The industry is backwards. Like we don't release right before Christmas; we release right after Christmas. Well, so that's true. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. So we try to release but, at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't always work out that way. But the product product cycle is even even if you're talking about Nam and you know Winter Nam, that's in January, right? But the products don't get released until months later, anyway. Yeah, yeah, of course, right. Usually around summer now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> By the way, we have two pedals coming out uh, in the in, in next this next month. <laughs> is, is is one of them Dirty Shirley? Hopefully, yep, yep. Dirty Shirley pedal and the uh, Buxom Boost pedal, which is a super cool. I boost I uh, anything pedal. The Dirty Shirley pedal. I tried it at the Winter Nam, and. I forgot who I talked to at your booth, but I, I was like, when is this coming out? And he's like, oh, you know, a couple months. I'm like, all right, all right. And each month I've just been like, okay, this month. And then what's worse is you released a couple pedals after the NAM, after the yeah. NAM. So I get an update and I'm like, this is it. Not yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all right. Um, psych, psych, psych. But yeah. But I'm very excited about that pedal because I really like the BEOD, except for yeah. it, it's got a lot of gain. Yeah. And when I played the Dirty Shirley, just a little bit of that, you know, that Less. top end fizz was removed. Yeah, it's just perfect. It's right yeah, in that yeah. sweet spot that I love. Yeah. I mean, the BE was supposed to be that. It was supposed to be, oh, yeah, you say I don't have enough gain. Here you go. <laughs> um, that was supposed to be that. But the, the Shirley pedal is, is it'll still do a good amount of gain, but it will, um, it's a lot more classic sort of sounding. So. Yeah, you heard it, you know. Yeah, it, it, it sounds amazing. You know what it is? It punches you in the gut. It's got that mm-hmm. throat. 
you know, yeah. right? Mm. Where where the BE is is you know the BE is where when I'm playing, that's what I want it to to sound like. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's just mm-hmm. saturated and great. But the Dirty Shirley is what I really need it to you know, right? Because that's where you get right. you get more of that punch. You yeah. right? More, just, yeah, more realistic and uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm glad. I'm excited it's coming out. Yeah, that's really good. And, you know, actually, you'd be surprised the boost pedal, too, is really great. So if you have anything that, you know, is already dirty and you just want to send it over the top, uh, tighten it up or not tighten it up or boost the bass or boost the mids or cut the treble or boost the treble, whatever you want to do with it, it'll do it. I'll, I'll, that sounds, I'm sure. sounds killer for that. I'm sure I'll get it. You're 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 whether it's deliberate or coincidental marketing structure is amazing. It's like you have gateway drugs all over the place. Like I just <laughs> recently, I bought the, uh, the runt 20 and yeah. I love it. And Mark can tell you, I've, I've texted you a couple times, right? I'm like, I'm thinking about getting the PT 20 and he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, I really like the runt 20. I said, yeah, I have that one. I'm thinking about getting the PT 20. And then I bought one when I was out. Cause at the NAMM show, I was splitting the days in half, half the day would go to the NAMM show. Half the day we're hitting all the music stores in town. Oh, okay. Um, so when I was out, I got a PT-20. Shi- they had to ship it because I couldn't take it on the plane, or at least I wasn't crazy enough to try and take it on the plane. Mm. Everybody and, um, wants to do that. We, we all think about that. Like, hmm, can I get it on the plane? What, what can I, you know, I, I know I was thinking about that. What can, what the, can I get on the plane? The guys at the music store were like, they'll let you take it on the plane. I go, I am not going to, I just had to explain to airport security what my toothbrush was. I am not going to try to explain a tube amp <laughs> in the middle of right? Yeah, you, you, you essentially want to walk onto the plane with nothing. Right. Yeah, I mean, right, right. If you legally do it naked, that would probably be best because, because they, I mean, really? I mean, like, I, I literally will, will dress in a pair of shorts and a t shirt with nothing at all in any pocket or no jewelry, no nothing. Yep. And you still start oh. to get stopped. And then, yeah. Can we, we need to check your one leg of your pants. I don't know what you're checking because there's nothing there. <laughs> it's like, uh, really? I mean, I try, I, I literally go out of my way to make sure that I have nothing, you know, just so it's yeah. easier, but me, no. <laughs> me me too. Cause it's just, it's, right it's just it's they always they always find something i am yeah. like the i am the jinx i every time they always have a question for me about something silly yeah right like, do, you ever, yeah. do you ever travel with a guitar i not because i'm afraid to although i know they'll they'll let you you know carry it on and stuff mm-hmm. um like dave was saying i will try to i i will literally streamline everything i'll wear vans because there's no shoelaces yeah exactly yeah. this is what this is yeah, the best yeah, yeah. way to do there things. you go yeah, and, and and mostly because when I fly, I fly a lot from here in California, so it's short flights. So I I don't want it to be a hassle because, you know what I mean. If it's an hour flight, I don't need an hour session with the TSA. Yeah, yeah. you know the funny the funny thing is I, I went through this one TSA guy and and I'm like going, why is it that every time I go through this, you you go, I think they're we have to check your right leg or something, you know? I'm like going. Why? He goes, all I know is I've had to do six full body searches today. <laughs> and I go, and I just looked at him and go, I'm sorry. He goes, yeah. I'm, right, I've, right. I've, I've come to terms with it. That's what he yeah. said to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like going, okay. 
Uh, he's asking himself, is this my that, life? That, that was one of the is good my... PSA guys, the funny funny ones, you know? <laughs> that's that's funny. At least if someone has a personality instead of they're yelling at you. Yeah, exactly. I always, I, always, I always seem to get the ones that just want to assert their authority. Yeah. Um, you know, I was traveling recently for work, and I have this suitcase, and, uh, and she says, can you put it into the bin to test to make sure it's, you know, it's going to fit. And I literally travel every week with this same suitcase, you know, or every other week, however often I have to fly, which is a lot. And I use the same suit or, you know, the same suitcase and I know it's going to fit. I'm like, sure. I put it in there and it fits. And then she says to me, well, can you zip up the sides for me, please? Cause it kind of was one of those expandable ones, you know, right. or whatever. And I'm just okay. like, Oh my God, really? Like, exactly. Okay. Like, you know, you just, I just want to strangle you now. Um, and that's in the line of everything, you know, just kind of like, really? Why are you bothering me? And it just, it fit. Everything was fine. So that's the stuff I get. But um depends on what airport I've noticed too. Yeah, that's true too. That's you true know, too. It, it, it's like uh, LA airport, not, they just give you hassles everywhere, um, I think, or at least. And then I don't understand, you know, at, at at Los Angeles LAX, Delta has moved terminals, and they've moved terminals to terminal two and three now. From they used to be five or something. So, what I don't understand is how crappy terminal two and three is right now. I mean, it's like I, they're remodeling. I, I guess it's going to be okay, but it was really old and really not remodeled. And right now, you're dealing with that, and. It's just I'm like going. This is horrible. I mean, why did they move? I don't understand. This is horrible. <laughs> you know, yeah, and they have a yeah. ton of traffic. So uh, I don't quite understand yet. Yet, yet one of the nice airports, nicest airports in this country is Detroit. Believe it or not, uh, really? it's, it's a really new airport, and it's uh, it's literally one of the nicest airports in the country that I've ever been to. Um. You just kind of want to live on that airport. It's okay. <laughs> See, you, oh, you... I got I to gotta be here for a while. That's fine. I got stores. Right, I got food. <laughs> I got bars. I'm good. I get a massage. I can check into the hotel that actually there's a hotel that actually goes right to the terminal. Like you can walk out of the terminal into the hotel. Like yeah. not outside, not through anything, right into the hotel. Yeah, they have that at Philly with the Marriott. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a a Westin at the at this one. So nice. Yeah, that's always good. You don't, you don't even have to go outside; just walk from the terminal into the hotel. Yeah, and then they that's have their beautiful. own they have their own bag check too, like or security check. So you can go from the hotel right in through their security. Oh wow, yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah, cool. Interesting. Well, you know, I'm going to jump into the chat um, and say hi to people if you don't mind. Um, we've got 34 people watching. Um, Quentin James is here. How's it going? Uh, he said it was eight in, in Kentucky. No, you weren't here early, man. We got we were a couple minutes late. Uh, Cran X, uh, Jared Frost, Paul Belland. Uh, and if I miss any questions, guys, uh, let me know. Or if you guys have any questions for Phil or for Dave, let me know. Uh, Blackie DH, Michael Bishop, Michael Collings, um, speaking of that, uh, Collins Guitars, that guy passed away recently. I yeah. I heard that. that was sad news. Um, Peter oh. Schaefer, 
Uh, Adam EVH, Brian M. I think I already said hi. Uh, Sinner, what's going on, man? Uh, B Vinja or B V Ninja. Austin Steele. Uh, he says I'm really looking forward to the dirty, dirty Shirley pedal. Pedal, if I could speak. Hang on. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, Austin Steele, try having hip replacements at 28. Oh no, that's not good. <laughs> um, Jaden James, uh, what's up, guys? Uh, oh, I think I've gone through. If there's any questions, guys, if you have any, let us know. Um, so I know from the products that I got a bunch of cards here that I um, that I picked up, and for products, if you were, you know, Phil, you you picked a bunch of products, uh, ten right. products that you liked. Um, well, they were they were the products that were that had done something new. You know what I mean? Oh, something new, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. there you go. So, so because the problem is the the problem is is you know now that my channel's like two years old, if I keep picking all the stuff I like, it's gonna get a little silly because it's gonna be the same ten things, <laughs> <laughs> right? So I, I I try to go. So today's video was ten you know unique or 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 innovative products, something new that we hadn't mm-hmm. seen yet um, because, you know, you, the, you can imagine, as we all know, the longer you do this, the longer you play this stuff, the more you just realize this is what I need. You know what I mean? It's this guitar, this amp, this is what I'm comfortable with. Right. And so, yeah. So I, otherwise you get in that broken kind of like, you know, so yeah. So that's what that was, those products today. They were just something interesting. Somebody put out and more importantly, it was cause I didn't expect to see anything new at the NAM show. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, they, they did really, they, they, there were some new guitars or some new releases here and there. Right. But, but in terms of innovation that I agree with you, you know, that there, it was kind of cool to see some of those products too. Yeah. The, the, um, my favorite thing at the show was that pure tone input output jack. Did you see that? I, that I did exactly? see that. It's, it's fantastic. It's uh, somebody decided to take the standard switchcraft input jack, right? That yeah. has the, the, the arm that touches yeah. the, okay. And they put another arm on the other side. So it pinches from both sides. And then they oh. put two micro arms on the ground. So it's basically got 360 degrees of the, of the, of the cable is being pushed on. Right. Right. Which I thought, not only is fantastic for guitars, but fantastic for amps because the weight of the cables, you know, pulling on, you know, right? Yeah. It was yeah. just, and really simple idea, right? Just increase the, <laughs> and, and so, so simple. And to be honest and be fair, I didn't mention the video, but there was another guy at the show who had another like invention like it. And although I thought his was really good, uh, his was a little bit more expensive and a little bit more involved. You know what I mean? So theirs was just straightforward. Yeah, there's simple and cheap. Right. Relatively because, inexpensive. Because and I'm sure Dave could speak on this probably better than anyone else. Um the the one thing is you if you come out with a new product, that's great. But if it's twice as much as the normal product, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's only so much you can do, but he wasn't really commanding high dollar for the the, the jack that I saw. Nothing crazier than what Switchcraft was charging. I, I now, might have it, seen is, some of those, but is is um, uh, is there a, a, web, a website for it or anything? Yeah, yeah, it's here. It is. is. Hold on, let me give it to you right now. Hold on one second. 
I wonder, is that patentable? I don't know. No, I, the, 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 the I would imagine, right? Because it's... I, I've seen a couple different ones of these. Yeah, so, see, me so, too. So, so I'm, I'm waiting to see which one this is. Okay, so, so here's what it is. It's called the Pure Tone. So the website is just puretonetechnologies.com. Okay. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, so it's a more secure jack. And does it say, did they say that it improves anything in terms outside, outside of just the connectivity? I, I, I can imagine there's probably some micro claim you could claim that obviously more contact, right? But I, but looking at it from a repair, you know, right side point of view. Most of the input jacks problems are just the cables, the weight. That's why we like the L-shaped cables, right? They, they stop that weight from pushing on that, that arm. So to me, putting four points of contact just seems pretty easy. You know what I mean? It's an easy idea. Yeah. 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 I think, I think there was a, a, I think this is the one I got a sample of actually. Um. And there was an, and there was another guy there that had one where his was like a circle and it had, but, but again, it's my repair brain, right? So when you repair guitars, one of the things I don't like is the, um, what I call like the Ibanez style input output jacks, the, the one that's like a shaft where inside you can't get in there. So when they break, you can't see what's inside. Yeah. So I liked his because it added those three more parts, but it's also all where I can see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you have an issue, I can pull it out, you know, solder it off, put a new one in. Cause, cause regardless of how good he can make the product better, it's still going to come down to some guy's got to rip one out of a guitar and solder one back on in between a song. <laughs> right. And, and stick it back in the guitar. So, yeah. 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 So, yeah, this is, this is like, I don't know if this is the exact one that I got a sample of, but there was another person that was doing something like this too, that, I might have got a sample of. Yeah, it's a good idea. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, right, right. Just go. Cool. Yeah, not about it. We have a question here. Paul sure. Belland asks: Is it really any different than a stereo jack? He wrote, "I do like a thump when I jack on." <laughs> okay. I'm glad he said jack on instead of the opposite of that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, and it's not making a. It, this isn't one of those jacks that's silent when you well, put okay. it in. Well, okay. Here we'll look at this. Uh, it's a little different because the tip is also doubled up. See, now in a stereo jack, you can wire it so that you can wire the ring and the um, shield to be ground if you're using it in a mono format, which holds the cable really well. But on this also, the tip is doubled up. You know, whether that makes that much of a difference or not, it depends on the, the quality of the jack itself. Right. Yeah, That's so true. you know, it it, re- it really does. Um, but hy- hypothetically, it, it might make a difference. Yeah, it yeah, might like definitely if- make a difference in how it feels and holding the cable. So, right. So, Quentin James, yeah. um, someone asked, "Is replacing an input jack easy?" Uh, it was Brian M. Actually, uh, and it's well, it is really easy if you know if how you- to solder. Yeah, that's the big if right there. Yes. Right. Yeah. If you can solder, it's really just two points on each end. 
Yeah. And nowadays, uh, I always tell people, you got a cell phone, take a picture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Take a picture of what it looked like before you started, and then when you start cutting wires yeah. or desoldering, just make it go back to what it looked like. Or better yet, if you mess it up and you take it to your local store, take that cell phone picture with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> well, the guy I'll, there might not yeah. Yeah, he might yeah, not you, fix you know, it either. A few a, uh not that many years ago, I remember when it dawned on me, like when I show people their new rigs that I built for them, right? Well, not that many years ago, it dawned on me. I go, so one one client goes, I want to videotape this on my phone. And I'm like going, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> but <laughs> up until then, no one had done it. Right. And, and I wasn't even thinking about it, you know? And I'm like going, this is great. Just focus on my hands. I'll show you how it works. And we'll t- I'll talk through it as we go. And then you can watch this 500 times if it takes you to, to learn how to use this MIDI pedal or whatever we're doing, you know, uh, till you're, you can watch it at nauseum if you want, but right. you're not, you're not asking me again. So, right. <laughs> so this is you great. Have that one time and it's done. Exactly. Yeah. So that's now, now, now that's a normal part. I, I just tell people, okay, just videotape this so you, you have it, you know. Yep. No, that's a good suggestion. Because everyone's different. Some people can learn stuff really fast, and they just have it in, in a minute. And other people, well, it takes them a tad longer. Yeah. You know, and it, it just like where they have that blank stare at you, that they're just staring at you like, you didn't get any of that, did you? <laughs> so that's funny that's funny um so one of the products that i david you had at the booth you said they dropped off to you and i thought it was really cool was this uh from reacts it's called the uh what what is it called actually um shit the axe handler yeah that was cool if i can say that you see that right there where you can lean your guitar up against your amp. They make those here hold... in, where I live in town. Yeah. In Phoenix. Yeah. They should be in Phoenix or somewhere. Mesa, right there. Does it say, uh, uh, gold Canyon, Arizona. Yep. Yeah. Those are pretty yeah. cool. Actually. Uh, they, they're heavy, you know, heavy weighted, and and it works. I, just some little thing that's really cool. I thought. Yeah. Yep. yep. When I showed it to my wife, she was like, "Why didn't we think of that? Damn it!" Yeah, I know. That's what I said. <laughs> saw too. Damn it! That could have been a Friedman product. Right. <laughs> well, if I recall correctly, when I talked to those guys, they spent a fortune. They make those here. Right. So when I say they're from here, they make them here. So they said they spent a fortune on the inject mold machine. The process. Wow. Yeah. yeah physically make it here they physically make those here so i so wow. i don't know how much but you could imagine it wasn't a cheap investment to get the, no, the molds done no it wouldn't seem like that would be a product that would actually physically be made here nope they make them no. not only in the u.s they make them here in arizona right here wow so yeah it'd be, it'd be and it's not a super expensive product i mean i found it on amazon you can go on amazon ebay and i think it was like 20 under 20 bucks right well, you that's know? why and, that's how I know because when I talk to them, you know, 
you always hit 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 somebody with you know twenty bucks is cheap and expensive depending on how you look what it is yeah, right yeah. and uh, so what they did they gave the right answer they said yeah but we make them here and we paid and I'm like right you're recouping all your startup costs yeah. and you're making them here and there's nothing wrong with that and that's great so twenty bucks actually isn't ridiculous now it is as opposed to maybe when it was a two dollar Chinese part thinking you know what I mean they're marking it up yeah, yeah. they're actually making right. them here um, and they're working hard and. So yeah, cool company, cool guys. Yeah, they had some other stuff too that you know, like that were guitar handler things that were hold, you know, where you can not have to hold the guitar, right? You know, where you can right. double up live and stuff like that, whatever you call those things. But the cool thing that that I saw that Dave you you turned me on to was that was the Ox. Oh yeah, which I thought was super cool. That was cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, it, it's a bit pricey, I have to say, Dave. I, I think the price is a bit high, but um, but but other than that, I, I I thought the concept of everything was cool. Did you see that, Phil? No. What is it? Oh, you didn't see All that? Right. That no. was literally one of the most game changers at the whole show. Okay, so I, what is it? So okay, so essentially, what it is, Universal Audio came up with this. Uh, essentially, it's a reactive load box. Plus, it's an attenuator, if you want it to be. Plus, it has a wireless remote that you can remote to an iPad, right? And it has what they call dynamic um, dynamic, uh, modeled speaker emulation. What that essentially means is they have mics. uh, You can blend mics. They have room mics. You can choose the room mic. They have various speakers that you can pick between. You can adjust the levels of each mic. They have uh, also a setting for cone cry. Um, So you can actually decide how hard you're hitting that speaker. Because different volumes of amps will hit speakers differently, and the speaker will sound different. Um, So it's not like a static IR of a speaker cabinet, which is a static picture, so to speak. Right. Um, so this, you really can create the sound that you want to create with the mics and the, and on how hard you're driving the speaker and everything. And then you can actually just store it. And this is wirelessly. You can store it back into five user slots. Or if you're in the studio, you can just leave your iPad set up and, and you know, do whatever. But if you're going to take it live or something, you have five user slots. Just simple knob, too. Not complicated. Right. You already stored your stuff, and and you can just pick the one you're going to use. So, so how much was it? Twelve ninety nine. So, not much more than what Two Notes is making, right? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't necessarily for what it is, and the fact that you you have to remember it's not just a load box. It's it's. It's a load box. It could also be an attenuator too. You can mix, you know, a little bit of your speaker cabinet in if you want, um, in like a live setting or even in the studio setting. You can, uh, but the whole wireless remote with all this digital modeling of the cabinet. Uh, I mean, that's that's a lot. It, it <laughs> yeah, does, no, it does a lot. Cool. You know, it's not. It's not. It's not just a a, a passive uh, a reactive load box. Which is right. you know four or five four or five hundred dollar value there, but here's what I was thinking. So 
So the power, the the uh, Fryat power station, yeah, is about seven hundred bucks, six ninety nine, right? Yeah. Um, and if, but that that has a load. It's an attenuator, right? And yeah. a direct out. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have any IR or anything like that. No. So that's the one thing that that's missing, right? right? So. So I thought to myself, all right, well, if you want to get some IR with that, then it's going to cost you another 300 bucks anyway or 400 bucks to get, you know, some IR or a box or the blue box, whatever it is that you're going to get uh, for IR. So it's probably about the same price well, you're anyway. you to do that, but there's more to it than that too. I mean, that, that whole interface, not, uh, and not only on top of that do you have all the, that mic selection and room mics, but you have also effects that you can add in. So you have like a great plate reverb if you want to add it. Oh, yeah. that's true. You yeah, have, have a, a, a few other right. things on there um, that are really high quality UA effects. And the in- interface looks like a UA mixer that they have in their interfaces and stuff. So and, just and a small yeah, version of it. And it's a super know, cool box. Yeah, see, I don't know Sorry, if the two notes, the two notes is really cool. I don't know if it will do attenuation, right? So once you plug nope, in the two no notes, well. yeah, you're you're done. Yeah. So so to me, the exciting thing is, I love the idea that it can be doing its thing, right? Yeah. Rather for recording for the audience, mm-hmm. and I can bring up a little bit of my cabinet. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. It's it's pretty cool. I mean, I know I know the the guy who did it really well, James at UA. I've known him for a lot of years, and. Uh, I know he spent a lot of time on it and uh, and uh, I can't wait till he brings it over to, for me to really try it out. <laughs> you know, I heard it at the show though. It seems to sound great. So it sounded actually what they had. They actually had a Plexi there. Yeah. Marshall Plexi that they, they dimed it right in front of me mm-hmm. um, and used it. And they were, then they were changing the mics and changing the speakers and the response and everything. And it sounded awesome. And they did the same thing to a, a, a twin reverb. Also, dime the twin reverb, and I, which actually got a lot more gain than I actually anticipated. I was like, "Wow, that thing's pretty gainy," but it was pretty cool. It was a very cool product. Yeah, that was my pick, kind of my pick for for there. Um, the other thing that I liked was, uh, which Dave you told me about, was uh, the Cusack Music pedals. Oh yeah, yeah, they had a lot of good ones. Yep. Yeah, I checked I checked their stuff out after I what you know. The problem as a lefty guitar player is that no one, yeah. hardly anybody has any lefty guitars that I can actually, so I can try out their stuff. So no. I didn't really get a chance to try out anybody's pedals for the most part. Um, but I checked it out afterward. I, I was intrigued by some of their pedals and they had some really cool stuff. I don't know if Phil, if you saw their stuff either. I did. And, um, you know, um, my problem is you can't hear anything. <laughs> so, so I do, I do a lot of blank nodding at booths when I'm at the shows, you know, right. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. They, um, you know, and, and, and back, you know, this kind of segues to the dirty Shirley. That's how come I know I like the dirty Shirley. When I tried it, it was on Friday or Saturday. This is at the, the winter NAM. Mm-hmm. My ears were shot. The booth was the, this NAM show for some reason sounded louder than any other NAM show. I remember, <laughs> it, right. It was just crazy. It was. And so, and uh, somebody in the booth asked me if I want to plug in and try it. And I, and I was like, and I kept saying everything the same to everybody. I was like, no, I can't hear it. Never mind. And right. they suggested it again. And I plugged into it. And even in the room, I could tell that it had that punch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It had that, that, that sound. Um, 
but it is almost impossible to hear anything at the NAMM shows. And oh. everybody said this show is quieter. It is, but it's still a guitar center on Saturday. Yeah. On <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's yeah. true. So um, it, it is hard. Dave, you were actually thinking when we were talking, I don't know if you want to talk about it here, but uh, I thought it was a good idea to actually use the Ox amp top box. Yeah. Uh, you know, at summer NAM, basically just, Basically, people can listen to the amps and uh, with headphones, and you don't have have to worry about any volume issues. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't you don't get the same reaction, but at least you'll be able to like get a little volume on the amp, and and you'll be able to hear a great representation of it with a little reverb and everything. In some respects, it might even sound better than sitting there dry in the room, real quiet. You know? Yeah. Um, I love that idea though, because then no one would be bugging us. Hey, could you turn down, please? Turn down. It's almost off. Well, you know, what's funny What's funny was, so at this show this year, JHS pedals had headphone booths. Yeah, they had something yeah. set up. And um, at the Winter NAM, there was a few people that were doing those kind of isolation booths with headphones. Yeah. And when you see that, you're like, yeah, this makes sense. We might as well just all go to this. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, Wampler I mean. Wampler had it. Wampler, yeah, Wampler, yeah, had, Wampler had, a... had it too. And, and, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and at this point, just put the drummers all <laughs> on their own floor right actually you know the funny thing uh, the funny thing is uh uh this next winter nam the drums only will be in one room i i was telling brian at the show right when i saw him and he said he hadn't heard that and i said mm-hmm. i talked to somebody at the nam show and they said next year they're putting everything together they're putting all the groups together right yep 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 and that's what somebody told me and he said he mm-hmm. hadn't heard that so i'm glad you said that because yeah, supposedly um yeah because that's well, you know, it's the worst is, you know, especially at the Winter Nam. I don't know how you draw the short straw to get there, but they put just a few of the guitar company booths in the middle of the drums. Like they just randomly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a corner. <laughs> there's a corner of the hall. The uh, whatever it is, C or D or yeah. C, and um, yeah, the corner. And in fact, uh, several years ago, before we got bigger than we were, we were there. Oh, we really? Were with, we were in with now, rock and roll relic guitars. And now, boy, that's fun being in the drum hall. <laughs> was that back when – now, was that was that back when – because it used to be Boss had a giant booth on the other side of the drums. Was that then? Yeah. Well, so um, at least uh, – Yeah, maybe. I, no, I don't think Boss then. This was maybe um, – hmm. Three years ago, four years oh, okay. ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like so it's after that, because 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 years ago, Boss used to have that side. They used to be on the other side of the drums, right. and the only thing that was cool was at least when you went to Boss, you would find a couple of those guitar builder booths, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. But now, you know, those guys are in limbo because unless you're just for some reason randomly walking around the drum station or reading the map, you're you don't yeah. know they're there. Yeah. So, and then when you get there, it's so loud, you just can't wait. Yeah, to I guess they're gonna compart. Come up, compartment, compart. I never mind. You know what I'm saying. I guess they're going to put all the groups of people together. Uh, yeah. uh, so the guitars will be all in one hall or something, and then the, the makes sense recording equipment will be in one hall, or you know, uh, PA kind of stuff will be separated. That makes the most sense. That'd be great. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I felt I felt bad for J Rocket Audio. Uh, the pedals, they were downstairs on that like lower floor in oh, Winter yeah. Nam. Dungeon. Uh, 
Yeah, in the dungeon with like all the, you know, like what was like all the, like you said, all the Chinese, you know, distribution we call companies. It, and we everything. call it the, we call it the metronome forest. You know, when you go there and there's <laughs> just nothing but rows of metronomes going. You know how they, you know what I'm talking about? You know how they do that? You just walk by and they have like and 80 tuners. Metronomes. Yeah, and tuners going for no reason. Yeah, tuners just... and, and cheap copy mics and, uh, yeah, yep. Yep, yep. Yeah, but Jay Rocket was like right there. I'm like, what are you guys doing here? Like that was I kind of felt bad for him. But uh, this year they had a they had a, a good spot, um, and Guthrie Trap was playing, who was a good, really good player. But the most impressive player that I saw there was uh, Brent Mason. Oh, he's amazing. That guy blew. He's a monster. That guy blew me a yeah. monster. Blew me away. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, just yeah, the, the, yeah, just crazy. Yep. So good. So what else? What what were some other highlights for you, Phil? I have some others. So the show was really cool. Um, I li- I'm trying to think what else I liked. I mean, there was some cool stuff for sure. Um, but like you said, it was kind of small. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. you, wait, um, you had you had ten things. You said I haven't seen your video. Oh, okay. So, well, what, of what those. Okay, so of the ten things, there was obviously that pure tone. Um, yeah. There was. Um, well, you know, I got excited because uh, there was a guitar company there called Vintage Guitars, mm-hmm. which makes low, imp- you know, low price imports. Mm-hmm. But it's Trev Wilkinson, and um, and so it was nice to talk to him, you know, right? And you know, I like the Fret King guitars, and I like what he did. He designed the Supro guitars. Uh-huh. I like I like what he did for those guys. So that, I thought that was cool. Um, I liked Graftech's new uh, variable ratio tuning keys. Did you oh. see that? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, so two, two, they got a two for one on those. Um, so not only are they, they came up with a formula that each tuner has a different gear ratio based on the string that it's tuning, mm-hmm. which was really, really cool. But they also came up with kind of like hip shot having the ump plate, those plates that go underneath so you don't have to drill holes. Yeah. yeah. They came up with uh, a variety of those plates. So oh. they fit almost every situation. So if you have a, a, a Gibson Les Paul that you love with Clues and Tuners, you want to yank those off. You put the plate on. You put their variable gear ratio on there. You don't have to drill any holes. You don't have to mess up your Les Paul, kill the resale value by drilling a bunch of weird holes in it. Um, so I thought that was really cool, right? Oh, cool. Um, especially because, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested in the idea, right? You're, I'm not sure what that really means or does overall, Right, I've never tuned my guitar and thought, "Oh, this one's too loose and this one's too tight." You know, based on the string, mm-hmm. but I could be missing it totally. Um, what else was cool? Um, there was, you know, it's funny. I did the list and now I'm spacing it. Um, <laughs> there was uh, the cheat. HP guitars from H from. Let's talk. Oh about yeah, the yeah, HP yeah, 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 yeah. The, the the HP two guitars. You know what's funny was I wasn't. I didn't really care. Uh, about the guitars themselves. And I think I said that in the video. What I was really was interested in was two things. One, I'm just happy to see PV make anything in the USA again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 because I always I've always liked Hartley and PV in the idea that they were the working man's product, right? They're the Ooh. they're the Ford pickup truck, right? It's mm-hmm. not sexy, it's not cool, but it does the job. And I understand in a world where everybody goes to China, why they had the appeal to go to China. But a lot of the companies that went to China, and sadly enough, had brands to take with them. You know yeah. what I mean? Fender and Marshall, they'll play in China, but they have a brand to keep that loyalty going. 
Mm-hmm. And I think the I thought the PV I think the PV customers more fickle. I think they're not willing to let PV be like everybody else, right? They expect better and less money, right? Which is why it's a tough game that he plays in, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it became yeah, it became impossible for him to com- compete. You know, it's just the cost of doing business in the U.S. is a lot more, and but he did it for a lot of years, though. Yeah, well, he was he last. Did. How I look at it, he was pretty much last. Yeah. You know what I mean? To leave, right? Yeah. Um, but but it but if it's just a semblance, I'll take it. The idea that they they were smart enough to go, hey, we have all these old parts in a warehouse, <laughs> all these old necks, right? <laughs> we're gonna just make a bunch of guitars out of them. I thought, well, that was that's exciting, right? That's a conversation right there to have, right? Yeah. Well, they were waiting. They were waiting for that patent or that trademark. And and, and to the to know, I'm sorry, to note to the classiness of it. You know, we all know a used PV Wolfgang's fetching fifteen hundred dollars all day long on eBay. Mm-hmm. So for them to release them at fifteen hundred dollars was a class act because they could have put a more premium on that, mm-hmm. right? I think they, they could have. Pushed- yeah, with because you know they're Wait, limited. They're fifteen hundred. Yeah, they're fifteen hundred dollars. The, the, the solid, the solid colors. The, the solid, solid colors, colors are fifteen. Right. Yeah, the uh, the the trans colors are going to be nineteen ninety nine, I believe. Right. Right. Yeah, but that's still so at nineteen. Think about this: at nineteen, that's still um twelve hundred dollars, eleven hundred dollars less than EVH's product. It's line. it's it's at, least, at very least a, a grand less than anything yes. that EVH is putting out out of the U.S. That's for yes. sure. Yes. So it's it's now. What didn't you like about the guitars themselves? Because I, I oh, you know, I'm, again, as no, as a no. lefty, I couldn't pick. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. It wasn't that I don't like them. I was just explaining my excitement level and where it comes from. It's not the guitar. It's not that I I'm see. excited. Okay. There's another Wolfgang or there's a competitor Fender or any of that stuff. It was more of a, you know, it's it's. I feel like PV has just been a blunder of bad decisions over the last ten years. Mm-hmm. And and I think their existence is solely because of people remembering how great they were. Does it make sense? Um, so yeah, so mean, when yeah, I, when I, I see mean, them, I, I, right? I want I want to see more from them trying because here's the thing: it, what we talked about, I think, is true that they're the last one to go to China, all this stuff. But they've also killed out a lot of the their competitors, right? They don't have to fight a lot of the brands that used to fight like crate. And those guys are gone, you know, right? Line six, isn't gaining market share and low price amps like they were. So PV could, PV could come back and take that market, that low end mid price market back if they wanted to. Right. So there's, there's a couple of things. One I saw that they came out with, and I don't know if it was new, but I saw that they had a classic head, a tweed looked like a classic 30, no, it's the classic so it twenty, head, classic twenty head, which yeah. I thought was pretty, you know. So, um, but but the guitars themselves, what excited me about the guitar, not that you know the price point was nice, but with the trans colors that they had, which were nicer than the option you get with EVH. Um, yes. Now, if, if EVH would come up with some really nice trans colors, and I would be really thrilled with that, um, but they're just not. So no, that's well, that's my thinking at least. Well, that's. That's kind of the point, right? Uh, EVH, which is Fender. Fender doesn't have to try, right? So they're not going to do anything. So that's why I said it's kind of nice to see a company try to get out there and 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 do something. Right, right, right. Is it is is it only a limited run of these these guitars? Or are they going to keep making them? So 
they say they're going to keep making them. I didn't hear any words limited, but I kept hearing that they that's, have po- right. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. That's exactly what I heard. That's but what they I heard. Had, as they, well. they had the parts already. Right. In- stock from the old guitars yeah so my first inkling was well maybe they're just going to run through their parts and call it a day but i think what they're going to do from what i kind of get the vibe i got was use this excitement momentum and money Mm. of selling these old parts and these guitars to establish that line and then continue to keep making them all all i know is someone's pissed (laughs) 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 someone's pissed that's all i have to say about it really (laughs) yeah but but isn't that but here here's somebody else said that at the show but this is the comment i made but isn't that couldn't fender and those guys couldn't you argue that fender had been pissed at pv since the 60s right i mean pv has been constantly that's their market they make i mean they were knockoff before there was knockoff yeah you know what i mean I mean, that's what they do, you know, right? Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. That's what value they brought to the table. If you couldn't afford a Fender amp, you got yourself a PV Classic, right? right? You gig with that. I mean, so... Uh, that's true. And I don't that's mean true. any disrespect ever in that. It's just more mm-hmm. of a, you know, that's how I remember things, you know. Hey, you, the, P, the PV Classic amps were great. Of course. They were. Yeah. I thought yeah. they were really, really quite good, actually. Yes. Um, uh, and... Uh, you know, a fifty-one fifty amp. Look, that became that became the quintessential metal amp. Yeah. Um, which it still is. is. It's, a cl- it's a classic it's, amp. Yeah. They, which yep. is they interesting. You you can buy them all day long for like five hundred dollars. Which is, which is, know, which is a lot of amp for five hundred dollars, really. Yes. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. And uh, I, I yeah. and I have to give it to them. Um, they made those amps so cheaply. Uh, on the inside, the circuit boards and everything. But yet somehow they don't break. <laughs> but I, that it, was a- it's perplexing. It's a slightly perplexing. Um, <laughs> it, it really they just they just keep working forever. It seems like I, I very I've repaired a few over the years, but hardly anything ever. And but that was really the PV mantra back then, right? Their stuff was, I mean, you could drop it, you know, right? It was yeah. never built high quality, but yet durability seemed to be a factor, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and the fifty one fifty, what I like about it is this, it's it's kind of like I, the joke I, I I make is if you have a millionaire and they have a collection of cars and there's a Ferrari and there's a Lamborghini right and there's a Mercedes and then there's this Chevy you know uh, Chevy Chevy pickup truck right it doesn't yeah. seem weird or out of place it just seems like oh he wanted a truck when I yeah. think of when I think of the the big amps. I think of like the JCM hundred. I think of one of the Mesa rectifiers. Doesn't matter which one. Yeah. Uh, maybe the um, like maybe uh, a, a a solo one hundred, right? You know, something from Saldano. Um, you know, the Brown Eye, right? Something like that. These boutique amplifiers. And then if you saw a guy with a row of these boutique amplifiers or these classic amplifiers and boutique amplifiers, if you saw a fifty one fifty amp, it doesn't even seem weird. It just no, seems it like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yet, seem weird. yet that amp costs nothing. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's, I agree. That's their, cre- that's their credit. And they should have, I think they should have kept that going, even though when they, they lost Eddie and all that stuff, I think that's the, the baseline they should have followed with, which is they make the product that's good, but it's cheap. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, but durable. I mean, the, the, uh, 5150 combo that I have is, I mean, that thing weighs like 90 pounds and, uh, there's there's no point in mo- trying to move it. Oh my god! That, oh my god! That was big and heavy, wasn't it? 
Yeah, people people I mean, ask me ask me over the years, uh, can you can you do a a, a BE one hundred combo? And I'm like, I did a few of them. You don't want to move it, <laughs> right? I mean, right. you really don't want to move it. I don't want to move it. Uh, <laughs> it's it, it's it, you know, it's something like an eighty five or ninety pound combo. And, right, uh, it's, and it's, and that and that's just kind of deadlifting it. Well, you know the the I, I I'm curious. So when you made your combo, did you make it like uh, a, a traditional open back combo, or did you do? Because the fifty one fifty, what's funny about that combo yeah, is no. it's isolated. The head yeah. is isolated from it the is. cabinet. It's really just yeah. a two twelve cabinet and head like glued together. Right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's what it is. No, we made we made it more like a blues breaker combo at the time. So it was like an open back combo. Yeah. So it's it's different. Right. But um, yeah, doing it the other way, uh, it just takes it's too big. <laughs> You know, if you, if you, if you were going to do it that way, it's just, yeah, it's gluing two together. So you might as well have them separate. I'm not really sure the, the reasoning. Yeah. Some guys like combos are just like, uh, no, I want a combo. I'm not into the head cab thing. I'm like, I don't get it. It's just, you know, like I was trying to explain to someone recently about the, the run 20 and the one by 12, like, well, maybe I'll just get the cab. I'm like, but why? <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, no, no. The small little amp on top of the little one twelve, it it works. Right. It's small. It's really easy to carry. You're not yeah. struggling in any way, shape, or form. And you know, and the older we get, the, the older we get, the nicer that is. <laughs> right, right, plus, exactly. Plus, you know, plus there's the stigma. You know, uh, Beavis and Butthead. You know, when they made fun of Winger, they ruined Winger, right? I mean, not that yeah. that was a great band by any means, but they became the butt of the joke of hair metal, right? Because that show. Um, I mean, I, you know, the half stack has a stigma to it. You know what I mean? A lot of guys when they play a show and they have a half stack. I mean, let's be honest. I think Joe Bonamassa when he started playing heads and cabinets, maybe that brought a little of that back. But until then, there was definitely a heavy metal stigma to the half stack, no matter what it yep. is. So a combo sometimes lets lets a guy go on stage and have you know more of a blues or a rock vibe, you know, just that less that stigma. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I only say that because I know people that that have told me that. You know, when I've sold a lot of amps, and when you sell amps, sometimes you know you fight them. You're like, you know, it's twice expensive to go the route you're going, and they're like, nope. It's because the, the visual is important sometimes too. Yeah, no, I, I've heard that. I've definitely heard that with with clubs. You walk in with a head in the cab, and they're like, "Oh, you're already too loud." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> turn that down. Turn it down, please. Um, the 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 other thing that I saw um, that I, I was talking to uh, Yoshi Ikigami from Boss um, and Jeff Slinghoff over there at Boss. They they came out with uh, the Waza head um which last year they came out with that which was a 150 watt head and or a couple years ago and it was super expensive um they've come down in price and now they have a 75 watt head mm-hmm. um and uh the price is like 1100 dollars or something like that now which was a much oh that's much, much better. better price yeah yeah a much better price for again it's still solid solid state um but it's I don't know anything about the technology behind it, but I know that it's uh, it's a higher end than what you would get with the katana or something like that. But right. uh, so I heard a guy playing through it and it sounded great. So I was I was pleased to hear that, um, you know, to see see that product and the price price point there came down. I I don't know. I, I saw it. I saw 
I saw the first one when they debuted at the NAMM show and I didn't understand it. You know what I mean? It was like a a thousand dollar cabinet and it was like a $1,500 head. And, 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 you know, I didn't understand. I think the head was over 2000. Yeah. It was like over 2000, whatever it was. It was so ridiculous. I was just like, I, you know, it's already a tough thing to try to get a customer to, to buy solid state because solid states, obviously are a lot of practice amps for solid states. So the impression is that they're cheap, no matter how nice yeah. you make them. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. And so I look at it like, uh, I, I don't know if this is a play to say, okay, all you guys out there buying Axe Effects and Kemper and stuff, you know, this is something. That's where I was about to go. That's exactly yeah, where I was about to go. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's what it is. And, um, and it's hard because I don't ever judge anybody for what they like. If they like that, my 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 reaction to it is I I won't spend that kind of money on a technology. My experience with solid state amps is this simple. It's not that they're good or bad. It's just that ten years later they're not worth anything, right? right? They don't hold they don't hold any value because usually they get, you know, they get they get trumped. dated. They, yeah, they, they get they, dated. Yeah, right, they dated. Exactly. right. So so I mean so that's where it would have to really be the the thing that blew me away. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would. So I don't know. No, that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, I just, I, I thought it was interesting that they were able to get the part, price point down. It sounded good. Right. So I thought that was kind of a cool product. Um, well, good. Oh no. I mean, boss makes great stuff. So we know they're not going to make junk. Right. Right. Um, it's mm-hmm. just, it's interesting, and I and I respect them because at least they're staying consistent with what they do. They don't do tubes, so it's nice that they don't try to jump in that arena. Right, <laughs> you know what I mean. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so it's it's cool that they're going to try to put their thing on it. And and where I may be wrong and missing it is, you know, there are some Boss loyalists out there. You know, right? I mean, I love Boss pedals. You know, I collect oh, pedals, yeah. and right. So, you know, it makes sense if you got a guy sitting there with a. $900 or $1,000 with the boss pedals on his pedal board. Maybe he's like, you know, maybe I should just buy this amp. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's possible. I don't even yeah. know if it has effects on it quite honestly, but it was, it was, it was you know, it sounded good. Yeah. Um, we were talking about that and I, I know that they, uh, they also just came out with a couple other pedals, you know, the modulation and that was the stuff like that. That was the three reissues. Did you see that Dave? Yeah. They reissued the three te- pedals. Oh, those three pedals, the reissue pedals. Yeah. yeah. Which ones? So they reissued like their, it's like their anniversary, right? So they made a box yeah, it was set. Like the, yeah, it was a box set, the 40th anniversary. I think they have the OD1. Right. Uh, I forget the other two pedals. I can't remember. There's a phaser. One. And then the other one was the weird one. It was red. I forget what it was. I've read it like 10 times and I still can't remember what it was. And I think it's like $900 for the three. Oh, wow. Hmm. It was no, I expensive. Didn't, I didn't see that. It, yeah, it came in like a collector's pack or box yeah. or something oh. like that. It was a bit a bit much in terms of pricing. I, that's <laughs> I I saw the comments on the post that Boss made when they put the thing out. I was like, oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> the, the million dollar yeah. trick is is how many they make. That's where the price gets weird because it was if supposed they only, to be limited. It was yeah, limited. But, it was supposed but, to be like fifteen hundred points or something. You know, some yeah, pieces. So the price only makes sense if it's like a a hundred or forty. It has to be really low, right? Yeah. Because then if you're you know, I mean there are, I mean I meet them. There are people out there that collect boss pedals. Sure. Like all sure. of them. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, vintage, so, vintage pedals. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and think about this, it, you know, like I like to argue both sides because it's always fun, right? So um, I could argue that people would pay $900 for a limited edition box set of, of Lord of the Rings stuff. So Boss is no different to say, hey, we're releasing some nostalgic piece of our history to a limited people. The only thing that stinks about that stuff is if they make too many, a few people will buy it for that price and the rest will just be littering reverb and eBay for the next two years. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. That's true. That's yeah. true. Um, hey, I'm just going to jump back in the chat and then uh, I figure maybe we'll wrap up in just a few minutes. Um, so uh, we've got Quentin. He says, when Hartley went with musician's friend, he lost his local dealer support. I don't know anything about that, but you guys know anything about that? So I, I can't tell you for sure. Uh, there was uh, there was a thing where Hartley had said he would never deal with Guitar Center, which is a musician's friend. And at some point, they they did, obviously, because they're in Guitar Center and they're a musician's friend. But my understanding is what happened to him was Guitar Center bought some chain of stores, like Thoroughbred Music or something. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was, they bought a dealer who was a million-dollar dealer with PV, right? And I think people, musicians, gear geeks, don't understand the industry in the scope. They 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 look at the rest of the world and they and they hear million-dollar dealer, and it doesn't seem to like so what. But to a company, if you're doing one to two million dollars a year, right, and that just turns off, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like it's like if you're doing a million dollars a year with one particular company or more, right? Um, you're just like, well, what can we make for you? <laughs> right. You know, yeah. you know, you don't get that. You just don't get that. You know, and if you and, if you do have a, a, a you know a dealer like a Sweetwater or something that that is doing those kind of numbers, you're just you're just like, okay, yeah. Yeah, and so that's what happened when GC acquired it. They of course dissolved the store. But mm-hmm. took the took the you know took the the supply route from it right, and so PV made the decision, and it did it upset a lot of dealers because that was one thing the dealers were using was they didn't have to fight the GC and the musicians friend and the, mm-hmm. the customers kind of found it as a, a downhole loyalty thing and and I don't know I can't judge because it's one of those things um, I, I don't know their business right I'm not I don't work for PV but. It's one of those things where you don't know if it was literally like they made the decision and now they exist today, <laughs> right? right? Or they made the decision and it hurts them a lot. You don't know what the ramifications are. Either way, they had to pick a choice and that's the choice they made. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. But my guess is, based on everything Hartley's ever said in the past, it was, it was a survival choice. I couldn't see any well, other way. Well, here's another thing. You know, it, 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 like you lost your local dealer support. Also, we lost a lot of local dealers, period. I mean, they, yes, they don't absolutely. they don't exist the same as they used to. That's true, right? Anymore. True. Um, so, uh, so you know, you you become as a company, you're kind of like, well, I have to sell through some of these larger dealers because yeah. I can't survive on the local dealers because there's not that many of them left, right? So, because they may have put them out of business, basically, you know, right? Or yeah. or the internet in general might have put them out of business. You know, it's it's like a brick and mortar store is kind of kind of Hmm. A little bit old in, 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 you know, business practice, so to speak, you know, it's like, it, it's now becoming like, we're buying everything online. You know, it's, right. it's, it's like, you, you know, Oh, I know that I'm going to go online. Okay. 
I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to go click, 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 and just have it show up in my right. house. Yeah. Uh, I know I do that. I, well, you know? perfect, perfect example is Friedman Amps. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have the deal with Guitar Center, so they put you in the Platinum Rooms, right? Mm-hmm. The honest to goodness truth is I didn't know what a Friedman Amp was, mm-hmm. right? And so, so what's interesting is when you made the, 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 the PT-20, right? Mm-hmm. And then later the Dirty Shirley and then, then the Runt comes out. Each time as a gear guy, as somebody who wants to buy this stuff, then I'm like, this is perfect for what I need, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know what that is. I just know that there, there's an expensive amp that I've never played <laughs> that you mm-hmm. make, right? And I don't have exposure to it. And, and where I live, there's a couple large music stores. I had a music store for 12 years, but, but none of us were stocking any of that stuff. Yeah, right. right? right. And, and, you know, you, you go, okay, I guess I can just give it a shot, <laughs> Right. Yeah. For 1500 bucks, which, mm-hmm. you know, in your, in your line of, in your line of amps, that's entry level for you. Uh, but, yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. But for practical purposes, yeah. yeah. For practical purposes, $1,500 is still a lot of juice. Sure. It's a lot of money. Right. Yeah. And so, so, you know, honest to goodness, if there wasn't a GC for me to walk in and give that a shot, you know, right. To hear yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and like I was telling you earlier, I think off the air, I bought the runt. Now I just bought the PT. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing. I was in Nashville, and you know what it was in Nashville. There was there was actually it was a guitar center again. Yeah, <laughs> Adam. But it was. But at least they had some. They they were actually the only guitar center, or they were the only store that had enough cabinets for me to mess with. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they they're they're really good there because we they have a great sales guy there, Tony Higby, that yeah. also uh, plays with Tom, also plays with Tom Kiefer um, in his band, mm. and. Uh, but Tony's like an you know A plus sales guy, so he right. you know he, yeah, which is a rarity, generally right. speaking, at at a guitar center. Right. Um, so yeah, you're but but he caters to all the pro guys and stuff in town, and so he takes care of them all. So they got a good selection. They have a good selection. Yeah, they yeah, they they were getting amps before we were officially in Guitar Center too. So we we had struck a deal early on with them that they could just buy them directly just for that store. Oh, cool. So, yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but but to your point, Phil, it you know, I it, it would be almost impossible to try a Freeman amp had, had it not been for them being in Guitar Center, right? And Absolutely. Yeah. Even from yep. even you know that's and the same thing for me. I mean, Dave, I, you know, the first time I tried a BE was at Guitar Center in the Platinum Room here in yeah. Hallandale Beach, Florida. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but uh. Yeah, uh, but that's the truth. But do you think that eventually it's all going to go to uh, online sales, and we're not going to have Guitar Center is going to go away? Sam Ash, I mean, that's basically well, all, I, all I've got around me. Um, that remains to be seen. I think you know, being being in business as a store these days, a brick and mortar store is a little rough. Um, it is. We'll it's see. Sad too, because we'll uh, you know, what am I going to do with my Saturday afternoons when I'm like? Honey, I'm gonna go run to the guitar center. I'll be back. You know, I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I won't have any place You'll to spend go. it online on the keyboard. <laughs> well, I'm gonna <laughs> buy that. Click. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's possible that it stays the same, which is the mom and pop stores right now are focused on low price product, right? Yeah. Entry level instruments to get people started and, le- and lessons. Lessons, and lessons, right? And and that business model probably will sustain them for the next 20 years because, Mm -hmm. but the sad thing is um, 
my comment about this is really like the best uh, is blockbuster video, right? They go, but um, there are DVD rental stores in the country. They're usually in areas where there's not a lot of internet, either rural yeah. or in, in, you know, lower income areas where, mm-hmm. you know, people don't use credit cards as much to buy. Right. I mean, there's yeah. people that on payday get their check, cash it and start spending. So they go to stores and they rent a DVD. They don't do it online. And um, so I think music stores will follow that same vein. They'll, they'll have to uh, areas that are not predominantly uh, using internet to buy all their purchases They'll have that source. People that still want lessons, right, will we'll do lessons and then entry-level stuff. And then I think that will sustain. And then I think what might happen, which will be exciting, is Guitar Center will definitely keep focusing. I mean, let's be honest. Guitar Center, you're their only high-end amp. When I, I, I just went to like six in California. I went to the one in Nashville, the ones here. You go in their platinum room. They put a couple Supros in there, and then they put your stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the Morgan stuff yeah, right. Yeah, Not, yeah. right right okay yeah. so which i'm sure is on that same distribution right so so yeah so mm-hmm. so but they're not loading in you know i don't see any mike soldano amps in there i don't see any no, you know, and, you know, stuff it, right unfortunately with all the financial problems with gc you know over over time it's it's uh it's increasingly harder for them to to get them to buy certain products and stock certain things and and there's a lot of people that just don't want to go to that store oh, of course well and, and right uh, well you go there because you have no choice it's like walmart yeah you can go there because <laughs> you have no choice exactly uh, and uh, you know a, a lot of people would would prefer to buy from someone else <clears throat> but um yeah it's kind of funny it's it's like i think the real problem kind of comes down to maybe uh, their sales staff and stuff. Really, it's just like the turnover of sales staff is so great. Um, people don't stay around. They don't even know what products they have in the store. Yeah. They don't even know. Yeah. They they don't. You know, the amp's got a layer of dust in the corner. You know, and they don't know anything about it. And and even if you train people, those people leave, and then. Right. <laughs> You know, I mean, the the way the way you sell product is someone that's you know a, a salesman's excited about the product, um, and 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 wants to sell it to people, you know, and and that's uh, you know that's hard uh, in certain. Uh, but on the positive note, there are stores like Steve who owns Wildwood Guitars. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. those stores. So that's why I think this is where I, this is my prediction. It's just prediction. I think the mom and pop entry-level market will continue to shrink and then it'll sustain. Mm. It'll just get to a point where they need to satisfy that market. People yeah. want to get into instruments. They, they can't go on Amazon because they don't even know where to start. Mm-hmm. So they go in there. And then I, I, the GCs will focus on what they do right, which is the mid, mid-level mid pro- product lines. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be a bunch of guys with money, <laughs> right? And, 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 and like Steve or Teddy who owns making music or, yep, yep. you know, insert all those guys here and they'll do just the boutique. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because, True. right. And, and because the, the reason I say that is that is that where I think the, the mix bill hurt them the most, the internet hurt the mom pops, but speaking from a person who had a, a mid-sized store, what hurts you is when you were the old days, <laughs> pre the internet, yeah. you would go from top to bottom, $99 entry level products and lessons yep. all the way up to Paul Reed Smith's boutique amps. The problem yeah. was your customer base, 
they, yeah, people would dream. Some of your, some of your customers who are in your two and $300 price range, they play your $3,000 guitar, right? That's just how it works. You have mm-hmm. to live with that as a business. Okay. And, and they need to try that stuff. So they know they yeah. want it later. Right. But overall, when that high end sales starts slimming down, it gets worn down because there's many people still try it, <laughs> right? The trying doesn't slow down just the buying. Yeah, right. Yeah. So when I look at like wildwood guitars or any of those business models, they're ingenious music because zoo. yeah, music, music zoo. Oh yeah. There's so, right. There's so many good stores. Uh, right. And, um, and, uh, uh, well, when I was in Carter's, I'm wearing the shirt right now, Carter's yeah, uh, vintage yeah. guitars. I was in there. Mm-hmm. What's nice is, is, yeah, you'll still go in there. There's still people go in there that don't have money or are buy lower price guitars and dream and play. But those stores are focused on a higher end market and they'll be able to sustain because of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, so like I said, I think that's what I'm getting at is I think my prediction is the store models will stay. They'll shrink, but they'll go into two markets. There'll be a high end market and a low end market. Mm-hmm. And, and, they, and maybe there just won't, there won't be the big chain store. Yeah. Well, well no, no, I, the yeah. chain store will be there. I, it, I wonder, I wonder, you know, I like, do you always see this about a GC? It's just, I wonder if GC will be here forever or not. I, I, I don't know. Uh, it's sure opens, good. Open, it sure opens the door really wide for a lot of people then. Yes. Um, and, uh, well, think about, Sam Ash. well, think about this where I live, GC is, there's five of them in Phoenix, right? Yeah, that's crazy. And they, and they've actually cannibalized themselves. Their Mesa store opened and did so much damage to their other Tempe store, right? Like they literally became their own hindrance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Too many so, stores, too bloated. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. As, well, we'll know. see. I guess it, it'll all see what will pan out. Yeah, of course. Yep. I mean, uh, you know, sure. GC has been good to us, so we'll, we'll, I, you know, hope I wish them the best, you know? I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I hope so too. I mean, like I said, I, I, I like going to the stores. I, I like on, yeah. on a, whatever day it is, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to head out and check. And they have used gear too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I've got on their used gear site. I, I found a couple of used pieces that they just shipped from another yeah. place. Yeah. Yep. That, that Marshall, that Marshall that I got right back there. I yep. got that from a used, you know, used sale on. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good. I mean, I, I like I said, GC, can be really good, especially in some of the markets. They're 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 good store. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let me just jump back into the chat, and then I think we're going to wrap up, Phil, if you don't mind. I got to make it nope. an early night tonight. No problem. Um, so just say hi. I know Johnny Dean was in there. He was. Uh, he said something about a um, a boss pedal, and now I can't find what it was. But there was a particular pedal that he was saying that it's hard to find. Um, there's a couple guys who are referring to me as the cap guy. Uh, who's the cap guy? Who's the uh, the guy with the gray hair? I guess we have some new people who don't know who we are. So um, nice to meet you. Uh, let's see if there's any other questions before we roll. Um, we got Matt Johnson, uh, Tommy McDermott, uh, B Vision Ninja says Phil is on a roll. uh let me see if there's anything else uh guitar center owes fender so much money uh someone says uh they always say that no everybody always says that and it's probably true and not true at the same time no one knows for sure i'm 
Yeah. When I opened my store in 2005, I was told then Guitar Center would be dead in a year. (laughs) And then every year after that, right? It's Yeah. You know, people just, it's like, it's it's like watching a uh, well. That's not even the good analogy. It's just people always want to see the person who's at the top get knocked down. That's just yeah. for whatever for whatever reason. That's just human. I don't know why that is human nature, <laughs> but that that is human nature for whatever reason. Um, someone said, "Remember Mars Music." I do remember oh, yeah. Mars Music. I do remember yep. that too. Yeah, yeah, me too. I know. I actually the the studio where I take my uh, where I my band practices. Uh, is owned by the guy who used to own Mars Music. Oh. So um, his name is Mark something. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they, they used to have uh, the studio. There was these practice studios that were tied to it and everything like that. But um, supposedly he's a wealthy guy. If you look at Mars Music, one interesting thing about them, when they went out of business and they filed bankruptcy, they put a pretty good damage on the manufacturers. You know, right? There was a lot of manufacturers that had a to live through that yeah. mess. And mm. one thing I always remind people when they give you the, I hope guitar center closes. I'm like, I always remind them that guitar center is so colossally big compared to what Mars was. Right. And I know the industry is bigger, but per capita, I think guitar center has been able to grow way bigger per capita. It's going to hurt manufacturers. Yes. It's going to be a pain, right? Yes. Because they're going to be stuck in limbo and they, they owe them money and good luck. Yeah. Yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, right. I agree. Yeah, that's that's you know, that's a it's a great point that I didn't even think about, Phil. Yeah. Um All right, well, I think we're going to wrap it up. Phil, it was awesome to have you on the show. Thank you um, for having me. Thanks for for taking the time to wrap up uh Summer Nam with us and talk about it. Um, you know, some of the other uh highlights at least for me were some of those Freeman guitars, Dave. Um <coughs> Yeah, they had some really nice ones. They yeah. are, they are fantastic. I was playing one because I, I was, because uh, I didn't know until I watched the show that you had Grover Jackson building them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they're fantastic, right? Which they which are. ones did you play? So so I don't know the names. In fact, after I was at the show, I went online and I started looking online. Well, it's the vin- vintage, vintage key is the Tele shape. Thing. Okay, so that's the one I and like. Then the Cali, the Cali is the more you know. Um, yeah, Chevelle-based instrument. Right. I like the the vintage T. That's the one yep. I was just digging. It's just it feels great, right? Yeah, it's um, good. Yeah. Did yeah, you play it at great. the show? Yeah, I picked it up. Well, I picked it up and I was touching it when I was there on Thursday afternoon. I, uh, Brian was there and it was really dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> right? So I was just talking to Brian and I was picking it up and I was we were talking about that, you mm-hmm. know, right? And then uh, later, I think it was on Friday when I bumped into Mark. I think that's when I was talking to a store and a bunch of people and that's when mm-hmm. I was telling them that they were made. I learned from your show that they were made yeah. by Grover Jackson. Um, and, uh, and all I cared about, so, you know, when I was at the show is I just wanted to wrap my hand around the neck, right? Everything else I could learn from a website, but right. you can't, you, you know, right. You can't yeah, how it feels. That, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the only thing that stinks about online, right? Every, yeah, you know, yeah. Sweetwater, Especially I can find the weight. Yeah, I can find the weight. I get the concept. I, you know, right. But it's just that neck. So, so the neck felt great. So I know that's on my uh, my my list now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's been on my list too. Yeah, they're yeah. they're great guitars and oh, uh, fantastic. Yeah, I, yeah, they feel great. That's the thing. They have that vintage feel to it, but yet still modern. 
uh, well, plus, flavor to it. Vintage feel with modern playability. That was always sort of my there thought of them. And, yeah. and, you know, some people like age guitars. Some people don't like age guitars. But you know what? That's kind of how you make it feel old. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you got to feel worn in. And you, if it's too, if there's lacquer on the neck and everything, for me, I just don't, I don't, I don't care for it that much, but but I understand. I understand that someone wants a pretty guitar too, which right. which we can yeah. do that. We can do that also. So, the, yeah, the, the, I I also love the headstock. I don't know why. I just think I love the two tone, the black with the. I, I, I love, love the that. headstock. Yeah, and speaking of that, you know what? When you go around Nam and you see a lot of the different builders, the smaller boutique builders. You know, and you compare people's headstocks. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's something to be said about having a unique design and having something that stands out. Um, I liked Whitfield, uh, his headstock. It, it still had the kind of vintage vibe to it and had his own little take on it. And especially from the back, it looked different. Um, but Dave, yours, I don't know who yeah. designed it, but I well, but the, the bevel, the beveled look, you know, with the yeah. Yeah. love it. Here's the thing. I mean, it's it's really really hard to design a headstock that doesn't um, that isn't you know a Fender headstock or Gibson headstock, which you can't use. Right. Um, so you got to come up with something, and and as long as people don't hate it, I'm happy. <laughs> well, you know, and and the unanimous decision, the, the unanimous, everyone seems to be unanimous about the fact they like it. So um, yeah. I, I really don't ever hear anyone that goes, I hate it. You know, I hate the headstock, uh, which is, which is fine. I'm okay. Enough people like it where I'm good with it. It's, it's good. You know, I like it. Well, too. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example of a company that is asking astronomical money for their guitars. Um, and we, we, we all know the guy who uh, just recently got him, Henning Pauly, right? Yeah. So Henning uh, was talking about Mall guitars. Yeah. Mall. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and they're beautiful guitars, and when I heard it play, being played, I was like, yeah, that sounds great. But the headstock on it is just like a plank of wood. Well, it's not you even know? that. I, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, but you're hitting it right on the head. Um, like, I like Sir. I like John Sir guitars a lot. His guitars are yeah. great. Mm-hmm. But the only thing – I've said this – I say it all the time on my channel. The only reason I don't own a Sir guitar is silly as, as, as I feel as – I. I'm going to, I feel saying it is it looks like he took the fender headstock and he just took a, 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 a saw to it. You're right. Well, and, and, and in actuality, and, it's very similar to the original Kramer headstock. Right. Yeah. So, so the, the point is, is that a lot of the, you know, like what Dave's saying about how, you know, you got, you got to make something unique. I find most people, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but it feels like they just took the normal traditional headstocks and they cut a piece off of it. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I liked right, about right. your shape, and then the two tone. It was like when I look at it, like, like Mark saying, "I'm sitting there going, yeah, who does this look like?" <laughs> right, and I right. can't, and I'm like, "Well, I guess it just looks like a Friedman." <laughs> yeah, it, it, it great, the, you know, but it's, but it's beveled. It's great, right. you know, great. Yes, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll like, as long it. as you like it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll take it. No, it's 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 unique. It's unique because when I looked at the Macmill, I was like, you, "Really, you couldn't come up with anything better than that." Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't mind the sore, uh, headstocks. I think they're fine. G and L I like their headstocks. I think they're fine. Uh, although I don't like their, their, uh, the, um, Les Paul style headstocks or 
I, right. I prefer their S style headstocks better personally um, from GNL. But good stuff, um, Phil. Before we run, I wanted you to promote your stuff. Where can people find you and oh, find your right. show and find your channel and all that stuff? Easy enough. Uh, you can go on YouTube and just type in Philip Ignite or Know Your Gear. Either one takes you to the channels. Um, so that's the best way to check it out. And it's just a channel. I just review stuff, but mostly just we talk about gear, all kinds of gear stuff. Yeah, you've got, got great videos. You're, you're uh, featured, what, in Guitar World and on their page sometimes? And yep. uh, what other publication? I forget. Uh, Premier Guitar? Premier yeah, Guitar, uh, not Premier. It's like Guitar Player. Uh, we'll do it. There guitar World. Uh, Ultimate Tabs. We'll do it a lot. Um, a bunch of other sites, you know. So stuff like that. I, I, I tend to find my stuff every day. It's kind of like a fun thing to search to see where it got put. And it gets, <laughs> right. <laughs> and it gets, it gets where, put out there a lot. Where am I being, where am I being yeah. distributed? Yeah. Just curious to see what, sh- what who's sharing what, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Um, great. And Dave, anything you want to – any last words? Uh no, <laughs> I mean, now, you know, I, hey, I'm still burnt out a little bit from Nashville, so. <laughs> yeah, you, you, uh, you had a, it was a long trip, and uh, yeah, and, and then I, I went, I went straight into work on Tuesday, so. Oh. Uh, so you know, and I got home at eleven thirty or so at night, and then straight to work the next morning. So, oh. uh, you know, it's not like I get a couple day breather. So. No. And then, of course, right. you go straight into work where you're putting out fires and trying to. You know, just uh, get everyone squared away. So now, are you back? On, are you going to be planted there for a while, or any any upcoming shows or anything for you? I am not going anywhere for a while. I don't think. Okay. I think well, uh, the next that- time I'm going anywhere might be uh, in November. I might be going to Europe, and. Uh, Oh, I heard about v- that. Visiting all the dealers and doing a show at a dealer over there, Music Productive. Huh. So, Very cool. uh, so that, I think that's the next time I'm going anywhere. All right. Well, we'll, we'll make announcements soon for the next upcoming show for Tone Talk, who, are, who our guests are going to be. Um, yeah, we got to figure out. it out. <laughs> yes, we'll be t- we'll be talking on who the for, upcoming people for, are and all that. For stuff. all of you guys that think we we plan way far ahead, um, yeah, that's not we true. don't. <laughs> <laughs> there's no planning. There's no planning. There's no, no planning. actually. There's a little bit of planning, just a little bit here. But yeah, we, we'll we'll have a upcoming guest soon. We'll figure out who's coming. Mark is struggling with that. <laughs> <laughs> Mark is seems to be a planner, and I'm more a seat of the pants sort of guy. So, um, I'm just okay. like, ah, well, we'll figure it out. It'll work. <laughs> it's all right. I'm 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 learning to relax. I need to I need to be more relaxed. There you go. It's it's, it's important. <laughs> yeah. So yes, less is. stress. And you know, hey, you know, actually, there is one more thing. You know, I guess we all know the loss of. Uh, Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. And, you know, I, I just want to say I wish his family well. I did a lot of work with those guys over the years. And um, mm. I know a lot yeah. of people are affected by it. So Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. His son used to work for me. Oh, yeah? Uh, and he used to come in my shop. Yeah. Because uh, his son took lessons there and then he worked for me. Wow. Because so, he, wow. he, 
So yeah, it's he was the nicest guy. I had, I mean, just the nicest guy. One of the mm-hmm. one of the things I remember when as soon as I heard today, I was just telling my wife, you know, he used to buy guitars from us, and I'd always joke, you know, you don't need to buy guitars, you know, right? Mm-hmm. You just yeah, need right. Home. Yeah. And he would make jokes, you know, like I'm the singer. Those companies aren't going to give me anything, you know, right? And he, he and, but we knew he was just supporting small business, right? Right. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just just a testament to what kind of nice guy he was. Right. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. sad to hear. Yeah. yeah, I was I was, I was yeah. shocked earlier today. So yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's very shocking. Yeah, so I, I literally heard about it right towards the end of the day. So yeah, so um, for, yeah. for whoever's affected by this, you know, I condolences to everyone. Yes. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, keep a keep a lookout for uh, you know announcements on the next upcoming show. Check out Phil's channel, Know Your Gear, or Phil McKnight on YouTube. Uh, you can find them on uh, Twitter and on Facebook and uh, Instagram and every other uh, app you can think of. So um, you guys have a great, great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. You guys take care, and just hang on one second while I end the show. Take care, everybody. Everybody in the chat, All right. if I didn't get to you, my bad. I, I'll, I'll get to you next time. Have a great one, guys. Take care.